Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your source for big and It's off tackle empire. Welcome to Off Tackle Empire, a coast-to-coast podcast about mostly states that go blue in general elections. Oh my god, I just said go blue out loud. Um, look, look at what you've done. But yeah, anyway, uh, we are a podcast about uh, the Big Ten for Off Tackle Empire, which is uh, about a uh, 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 a league of football that spans the nation. A, uh, a national football league, if you will. I'm saying this because our humble Midwest, Midwest plus New Jersey and uh, Maryland conference has just uh, officially added USC and UCLA as uh, the 15th and 16th members of the Big Ten uh, starting in 2024. And we're here to talk about the implications. I have, of course, uh, Andrew Kraszewski. I have uh, Ellie from uh, Black Shoe Diaries. I have uh, Buff Komodo, an Indiana contributor, and, of course, fearless leader, MN Wildcat, on to discuss everything that we, that we know, everything we don't know, and um, what in the hell is going on. Yeah, man, we got a full coterie of, of All Wings reporting in today. And uh, boy, this one kind of came out of the clear blue sky. There has been some chatter about the Big Ten this summer from a conference perspective, but it's mostly been because the conference's media rights deal is up for renegotiation. That's going to be an interesting conversation now, <laughs> but we'll get to that towards the tail end. First, we'll basically just go around the horn with immediate reactions. I suspect most of us are going to, to some extent, be of kind of the mournful tone of, all right, yeah, this is, you know, college football as we knew it, as we all grew up with, has been heading for death for a long time now. Uh, This feels like that, that conversation in a low tone with the doctor in the hallway. Uh, so we'll just go around and get quick thoughts from everybody. Um, MNW stuck in traffic in Wisconsin. Nothing more Big Ten. We'll start with you, dear leader. <laughs> um, I mean, at this point, if you hear me swearing, it's just I'm like there's probably a like truck hauling cattle in front of me or something. So um, sure, it's not just randomly having the thought cut into your head that uh, oh that. The Big Ten killed the Rose Bowl? I I think, well, I'm, my team's never going to fucking go there again, so what do I care at this point? Um, I mean, Andrew kind of summed it up. 
as we mentioned, Oklahoma is, thing that I am. If there, if there's one thing that I'm thankful for here, right, that it's like, um, it's not Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, I, I, if you know we're going to go to 16, if that's always the end game, and I have to choose between one or the other, give me USC and UCLA. I would prefer two teams that that fit academically with the conference's profile. That I mean, USC I guess brings with them a, a sometimes fan base, but that don't bring with them people that make me want to blow my brains out and you know whatever it happened like i said in in my article earlier today for purdue week you know the purdue's the indiana's the northwesterns of the conference i mean we don't matter and and we we knew that already but it's it's one where it's just kind of like okay we're gonna you know let's let's get big and nude on saturdays and now let's have you know michigan at ucla at 9 p.m on fox and and the national media can absolutely creep themselves to this. It happened, and you know, we'll I guess adapt. Yeah, it is. It is probably the best situation you could have had from this. I do have one minor nit to pick, which is MNW. Your team is going to play in the Rose Bowl sooner or later because you'll have a road game at UCLA. <laughs> so that and that was the reaction from White Speed Receiver, our intrepid Minnesota correspondent, as well as. Minnesota Rose Bowl, Minnesota Rose Bowl. <laughs> so, you know. Brett Bielema said the goal was the Rose Bowl. He didn't explain how. I, hey, right. Again, in, in the legal context, this is what we call critical reading. You have to, for bad faith readers, Rose Bowl will technically happen. So um, yeah, it, it's hard to dispute that these are probably, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that these schools were on the board as potential expansion targets because most people seem to envision there being more of a four conference model where some form of Pac-12, Big 12 hybrid would remain in the Western half of the country. Nope, we're coming. We're pulling out the two foundation pillars of your whole conference and probably not done. I mean, that's the other thing you mentioned is is the goal here really to settle at 16? I doubt it. I mean, it's still it's still a big enough number that you can't reasonably play everybody. Um, it's going to be difficult to even play everybody within the career of an average player. So there's no reason not to go to 20 at this point, especially if it means getting a brand like Oregon and a brand like Washington in the Seattle market. And the academics thing does matter here too. I know everyone who talks about this wants to say, oh, who cares about academics? Well, the people who make the actual final decision do. The university presidents do care in the Big Ten about adding schools that are not total deadweight from an academic perspective, USC and UCLA are every bit peer institutions. Um, and that's, yeah, these are by far, even despite the fact that they're in California, far better cultural fits than anyone you would have plucked away from the Big 12 or the ACC, which would have been the other logical places. So we'll continue moving around. Um, talk now to somebody whose basketball brand is no longer the most tradition laden and respected in the conference. Sorry to say it, Buff Komodo, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, that hurt. Uh, don't cry because it happens. Smile because it's over. I mean, we're here. Uh, this is happening. I think that all we can really do is look at the bright side. I mean, Mick Cronin is a big 10 coach. I can't get over how happy that makes me. Um, we're just going to ignore football because I'm just going to say Indiana gets to play in the Rose Bowl eventually. Um, Bill Walton, does Bill Walton come with uh, UCLA? I mean, what? yeah, fair better question. Better than Stephen Bardo. I would love that. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> random number generator, whatever's going to come out of his mouth. I love UCLA it. UCLA doesn't need a three here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I nice, hope, Bill. Man, I, we, can, we can only hope because the other thing is, obviously, like, he is a UCL guy. But if you listen to his broadcast, he's really not a UCLA homer when he's calling their games. He's a, he'll, he'll say flat, well, like, they're not playing well enough to win this game or so forth. Um, but it'll, they've had him on Pac-12 coverage. I have to think that, that probably remains the case. But again, oh, we've discussed. I, we, want, I want him calling Northwestern and Minnesota this year. Like that's hell, all that I want. Yeah, hell yeah, and forcing him to remove the Conference of Champions label from the Pac-12 and apply it to the Big Ten. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, this get is away awesome. Yeah. And, this is awesome. Like I, everybody's like, oh, I, oh, the sanctity of sports. It's like, yeah, come on. And we discussed the last two weeks. The reason that Penn State and Purdue are playing on a Thursday on Fox to open the season is because they were part of a trade executed so that ESPN could get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Like these things happen. There's no if that's the cost for two Hall of Fame broadcasters. What is Bill Walton really going to cost us? Like it's probably going to be like an Indiana Northwestern baseball game on a Tuesday in March. That's all we're going to have to send them to get Bill Walton into the onto BTN. I, I want him in the studio with the guys doing like Thursday night basketball in Evanston uh, as, as a half empty building watches Northwestern and Maryland play next year. Oh my God. The only bad thing is to, you can only to, go to Illinois and Michigan uh, and New York. You can go to those three states. <laughs> we cut to the studio and there's Bill Walton and a very confused Trey Demp sitting at the desk with him. Just wondering what the fuck <laughs> is happening. And so the point here is I, I very much appreciate this being like, again, like a glass half full thing. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly college football is not going to look anything like it did, even when and most of us on this podcast are relatively young still, and it's not going to look like it did even when we were in college. But that doesn't mean that it has to be all gloom and doom and despair. Um, the old order has been doomed for a long time, and we could get some very positive, very entertaining things out of it. A helpful thing, I think, to keep in mind. So. We'll complete now our circuit of contributors. Um, Ellie, from the Penn State perspective, I don't know what this means. I, it probably means that James Franklin is going to now claim that California is in-state recruiting, I have to think. Uh, probably. We'd have to redo that graphic and attach <laughs> California somewhere in there. Um, I'm actually going to give the – not that you need two sides to every story, but I'm going to give the other side here. I, I'm not a traditionalist when it comes to college football. The Rose Bowl has never meant anything to me. In fact, the only thing the Rose Bowl means to me is a missed chance to put 70 on that vaunted Nebraska team that let Miami score 17 in a quarter. So that aside, I am excited about this. One, I want revenge for that 52-49 game with USC in 2016. So now we get at least one chance every two years. Um, and two, I like Texas back in the 90s started this whole thing, but Penn State wasn't far behind. So, you know, when it comes to confidence expansion, I can't sit here and bemoan the thing that the team I root for effectively created nearly 30 years ago actually almost 30 years ago to the date. Um, so it, it's not that big a deal for me. Um, I, I was not in, even in the country uh, before 
people actually played for national championships. So when uh, when people handed down national championships because the president liked Texas, uh, you know, I wasn't alive or not in the country. So this is, I see no downsides here because I already don't play whatever fucking team in the West right. once every yeah. five years anyway. <laughs> So yeah. what's two more years to, to that tally? Yeah, but I, mean, I will it's... say, like, lastly, the one thing that I actually think a lot of people are maybe freaking out about that we've uh, kind of touched on, this is going to be not as bad for non-revenue sports as people may think. Because once again, we're getting into the billions now. The travel, it'll work itself out. But... If you are a doom and gloomer and you think that football, as we know it, is going to die imminently, it's the other sports that are going to remain. And all the other conferences that are making football-only decisions might find themselves scrambling once again, once football is no longer king. Well, what I think about that is that it's... I really think it's high time that we admitted that football and to a lesser extent men's basketball is just not like these other sports and had kind of decoupled college football from most of the rest of college athletics. Because if you look at this from a logistics standpoint, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous for non-revenue sports to now have, um, you know, trips to LA, which is, you know, we're talking six plus hour plane flights. For, for midweek contests and stuff like that. And it, it almost seems like it would make more sense if you just had a di- different tiers of athletic conferences for football and for everything else. You can put men's basketball somewhere in a, you know, in the middle there, although, you know, it, it, difficult to justify that with, with Title IX. But, but still, I mean, if you want, th- there, there is an argument that there are still collegiate athletics in the traditional sense alive, but just not in football and men's basketball. Yeah. You touched on one of the reasons why I think schools will be hesitant to do that, which is, I mean, notwithstanding the last couple of weeks we've had where you can kind of ask yourself, well, what even is a law anymore? Uh, Title IX does still exist. And even if it didn't, if even if schools thought that they could find a way from a legal perspective to get around the problems there, I have to think from an equity perspective, they probably are reluctant to relegate non-revenue sports, which is going to include all women's sports, to this status where it's like, yeah, we're not going to invest the same resources. We're not going to even pretend to get the same exposure. I mean, look, nobody pretends that even the more popular sports like softball and volleyball are going to get the same level of investment, but things are kind of trending in that right direction. I mean, it, volleyball draws more of a cover of a following now than it used to. The women's World Series for softball outdrew the men's baseball contest. So I, I can understand from an equity perspective why schools would be reluctant to parcel out basic because there would be a, a natural inclination to think, all right, here are the serious actual sports. And then there's everything else, which is kind of cute for the players and their parents and a handful of diehards. But so I understand why schools wouldn't want to do it. I hope that that's how they're thinking of it. I suspect it's more just the Title IX angle and they don't want to deal with that. Um, well, then they should just wait about a year. Sure, we'll get that taken care of. But uh, yeah, 
we're looking at we're looking at games we want revenge for. Uh, Illinois had two opportunities to get revenge for UCLA for the 1984 Rose Bowl. I thought and you were about to bring up the fight Hunger Bowl for a second, and I was in like, those Steve, two, I was like, Steve, you can't, Steve, you can't. But in those two, they proved why UCLA is a decent addition to the Big Ten, uh, because those were both six to three losses. Yeah, they can throw terrible interceptions with the best of them. Uh, maybe we can get Kevin Kraft on the Big Ten Network. So, <laughs> uh, from a big picture perspective, it feels like the question that remains to be answered for the landscape of college sports as well, does college football settle into two super conferences or four slightly less super conferences? That's kind of up in the air. I think it's going to depend on whether the Big 12 and the ACC make aggressive moves to base. Apparently the Pac-12, like you said, is the one who drew the short straw and got their big pieces ripped away first. Well, um, you're, you're, you're giving a little too much passivity to the Big Ten here because, remember, we declared a non-aggression pact with the Pac-12 <laughs> yeah. and the ACC yeah, yeah. last summer, and then we launched Operation Barbara Rutgers <laughs> to dismantle the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, there's, there's substantial rumors that we're not stopping at 16 this cycle. Right. And really, you know, what is the difference between 16 and 18? They're both completely unwieldy for a football schedule. What, what's, what's the difference, honestly, when you consider if the end goal is not just to bolster the Big, the Big Ten against the SEC, but also to dismantle the competition? Yeah. We, 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 we did the Red Wedding uh you know we 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 have essentially the rumors are that it's Oregon and Washington that would effectively finish off the Pac-12 and now the ACC has got to be in fight or flight mode because uh the big the Big 10 and the SEC are now far and away the most valuable from a media rights perspective um which again is time to drop all pretense that anything else matters no, I, again, I, I still disagree. I think that in terms of choosing who the Big Ten goes after next, academics are still a thing. Like they made they made a one time kind of exception for Nebraska, and even that was only half hearted because Michigan and Wisconsin then immediately voted to boot them out of the AAU. But anyway, um, of the remaining programs, yeah, Oregon and Washington probably the best targets remaining for expansion. There are, I mean, many of the other Pac-12 schools would past the smell test from an academic standpoint, Cal, Stanford, Utah, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, And those would also pass the, are you marketable test? Um, San Francisco, Salt Lake, a growing market and kind of Denver. Well, look, you get, you get Colorado, Utah and Arizona, and then the big 10 gets those bonus points for longest road. And then, and then we just trade all of our, all of our wheat. We got to get brick. Somehow nobody has brick ever in the games that I play. And so you got to go up. You, like you need to get Jerry kill back. So New Mexico state's the answer then because brick by brick, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, making him a fucking winner in Las Cruces. Oh brother. Um, all right, so those are kind of the landscape discussions, but. And who really knows how it's going to go? And honestly, who really cares? If there's two Super Leagues or four, at some point, there's going to be a functional super level of football such that the rest of the FBS is exiled into like the USFL dimension. Um, So let's have some quick fun on that note. We'll go through and 
rapid fire compose your list of teams you would eject into space and exile from the new football order and then also let us know who you would want to see added if there has to be somebody else coming in um mnw you first uh so off the top of my head teams that i am ejecting probably are going to be iowa state wake forest uh boy duke is one where i figured why, why the fuck not kick them out too um I mean, Texas Tech probably. I, nobody wants to go to Tortilla Flats to, to deal with that. And unfortunately, one of the Big Ten cellar dwellers gets it. I mean, I does Northwestern go? Like, I there's no functional reason to keep them around, you know, any of... I, I doubt it for political reasons. Um, I don't think any of the school presidents are going to sign off on establishing the precedent that it's okay to kick somebody out who got in the door first. Uh, talk about an, acad- an academia-inspired perspective, by the way. But the reason that schools like Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, whoever, smaller fan bases, smaller media markets have no reason to worry, I don't think, is because I don't think the other university presidents are going to want to establish a precedent of hey, let's trim the fat every five to 10 years. Because if you sign off on kicking that type of school out, what's to say that in the next round of discussions, everyone else turns and says, well, you know, what is Minnesota bringing? What is Iowa bringing? What is Michigan State bringing? So no, I do not think that any team currently in one of the major conferences is going to be kicked out. Same reason I don't think Vanderbilt gets expelled into the wilderness. Do they actually add much on the field? Probably not. But... I don't think the other university presidents are going to want to expose themselves to a future round of cuts in that way. First, they came for Illinois, and I did not speak, (laughs) for I had won a bowl game in the last 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Then they came for Rutgers, and I did not speak because, damn, I don't want to go to New Jersey to see a road game. Then they (laughs) right, and then then they came for Michigan State, and there was nobody left who was lower on the totem pole than my school, so what was I going to say? Yeah, that's, for all that's my purposes. If we're talking about, you know, Northwestern is, is as far as just because Northwestern kind of has the hardest cap on their fan base. Just, you know, we, we, we all kind of know this um, as far as here, baby. Yeah. As you know, as far because because, you know, the other ones with smaller fan bases could in theory be bolstered by years of performance. Northwestern would obviously get get, get bigger, but they've got the, they got kind of a cap on them. So basically throughout this expansion. Northwestern and Vanderbilt are just kind of nervously looking at each other like the Chuck E. Cheese band. <laughs> Ten- tension in the conference in the in the university presidents meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Well. Look though. It, you know, I know that Northwestern from their scheduling uh, kind of likes to battle for nerd superiority. So, how good does it feel to be about to to leave Stanford out in the wilderness? <laughs> I mean, they're. If we kill uh, the mean, Pac-12, they're we're, we're, we're just going to go back to losing to Duke every other fucking year. So what does it matter? I mean, it's um oh boy. So, well, as far as as far as ones I would eject, I can't believe you didn't bring up Baylor. I mean, <laughs> fire them into the sun for a number yeah. of reasons, but I figured they were at least competitive enough, competitive enough on the field that I don't. If anything, know that, that makes it worse. <laughs> You know, paradoxically, I almost feel like the Big 12 might end up safe because 
they don't really have any media markets worth left worth pillaging, right? Like there's there's nothing that's added by grabbing one of their teams um, that you can't get better somewhere. I mean, for example, even once Houston is moving into the Big Twelve, aren't they? Yeah. Um, if once they do, well, if it's like, all right, we need to get access to that Houston market. Well, the SEC has Texas A and M and Texas already to cover Texas markets. I don't know that Houston adds enough that the Big Ten considers them. Who's really going to take them? So, it's- well, it's the question of I think if the ACC were to want to make some sort of a, you know, some sort of a play in that regard, I mean, maybe do you, do you call Cincy as a natural rival to Louisville and then? You know, look Absolutely. at grabbing like a Houston, Houston kind of. I mean, technically the Gulf. You know, I mean, you can you can squint and stretch them. Let's not pretend Houston's great. So <laughs> anyways, I mean, that's yeah. you could probably fool them. So, are yeah, you suggesting that Kentucky then becomes a a border state, if you will? <laughs> uh, you know, we could we could declare martial law and occupy them. Why not? I mean, I, I mean, it's happened before because, but. frankly. You know where this is going. If we're going to nominally have have warfare between the Big Ten and the SEC, it's going to look eerily similar to that free state, slave states map. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Um, uh, except that, that we're not taking Kansas. I'm dragging us back onto the rails here. This is going no further. Buff Komodo, <laughs> if you ha- who are you exiling into the wilderness? <laughs> so I got to start off with uh, LSU because I hate them. Stanford, uh, they're smart, but they're trees and they're pretty bad at everything. I know the academics is there, but you know what? Uh, This Mm. is the world of semi pro sports. So get out of here with that. Uh, Same thing with. Same thing with Northwestern, uh, because this is the world of semi pro sports and Northwestern is not good at most things. Um, I took Georgia Tech out of the ACC Mm. to. GTFO, and then um, I'm just going to throw Nebraska out, too, because fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) So all the schools I don't like, plus Georgia Tech. (laughs) Yep, that one. (laughs) Um, I'll I'll go. I'll I'll go right in there. Um, I'll say I do agree that schools are already in the SEC and Big Ten are not going to leave for two reasons. One, what's already been stated you got in the door, you have tenure, you ain't going nowhere. And also... Relegation, relegation, relegation. Maybe, but like (laughs) someone has to lose, right? And there's no way... I mean, Texas is already used to it, so that's the exception. But you're not going to tell me that suddenly Georgia and Alabama and... Well, Auburn loses too now, but like you get the point. If you get rid of Vanderbilt and Northwestern and all the other bottom feeders, you're the bottom feeder now. So that's not, they're not going to allow that to happen. They'd much rather end up with two 32-team leagues than start kicking out their own uh, current members in, yeah. in, in hopes of getting uh, uh, like a competitive or whatever you call it. Now that out of the way, I say um, anything in the middle of the country, I'm kicking out. So Kansas State, you're out. Iowa State, you're out. Actually, if you're in the middle of the country and your school ends with state, you're out. <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma State, it works. Yeah. Yeah. North yeah, Dakota that's... State. <laughs> you're already out. 
I mean, they're going to have a case for promotion if we are going that route. So the two most hilarious outcomes that I'm looking forward to here are when the SEC expands to 20 teams but reduces the number of conference games a year to six. And, <laughs> and then also when Notre Dame finds themselves compelled to join the SEC. Uh, that's going to be hilarious. So Actually, I was going to ask a question about that. Do you think that if uh, Texas football continues to suck, that they will uh... – just bail out of football and become an independent like Notre Dame? No, because I think no matter how much, no matter what they do on the field, they're going to have the money and the political clout in whatever conference they're in to kind of get their way to a greater extent than they deserve. Um, how they can't else? stand losing. They're going to, they're just going to lose. I mean, you might as well pick, cherry pick the ranked teams. Yeah, that's that you not beat how it like happens. That's not how it happened in the Big 12, though. So the yeah. real question is, does Texas have the power to do the same thing to the SEC where they just make everybody so fucking mad by skirting all of the rules that were in place about media, uh, you know, media and network agreements? Can they actually destabilize the SEC? <laughs> well, well, the answer to that question is another question, which is, is the SEC going to write in a rule indicating that all instances of horns down are unsportsmanlike penalties? Um, if, they, if they are willing to bow to that, then yes, Texas will destroy the SEC from within the same way they did the Big 12. If not, then Texas might go the independent route because can't have can't have the horns down. That's like disrespecting the troops, basically. So... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We haven't actually discussed a whole lot about USC and UCLA on the field because I think it's relatively straightforward. Um, it's true that neither of them have been what they should be from a football perspective. Uh, USC really since the Pete Carroll era, UCLA for longer than that. But the potential is there. I think Lincoln Riley is probably on the track to getting USC competitive again. And they're also very competitive in other non-rev sports. I mean, UCLA has buckets of national championships and all kinds of other sports so if they are going to continue competing in the big 10 this is an upgrade the likes of which even nebraska really wasn't when they came into the league um indeed another issue that we haven't discussed here yet which is still kind of up in the air is and this was referred to as far as i forget i think it was ellie who mentioned that yeah the non-rev thing it's a problem for scheduling because, you know, you have to fly out to the West coast on a Wednesday night, fly home for a Saturday night basketball game, but the money involved that's going to be involved here, guys. Um, this is the final piece of evidence that Jim Delaney was truly playing chess while all these other conference commissioners are playing checkers because one of his last acts as commissioner was to sign up for a media rights agreement that expired in six years instead of 10 or 20, like the other leagues which means that, again, like I mentioned earlier this summer, the discussion was, man, could the Big Ten hit a billion dollars on this deal? Screw that. Can the, the Big Ten's going to hit a billion five easily with this deal, I believe, because of the way that things, have, all, the, all the pieces have lined up. So in addition to their deal expiring. Apple TV getting back into it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
Apple and Amazon are reportedly looking to do something with their pyramid of money in acquiring sports content. And the Big Ten already had success in splitting its rights between Fox and ESPN and their own network at BTN. And well, you very- add, add to that picture that CBS is about to lose their access to the SEC. They're going to be looking for something to spend their money on. Uh, yeah, that billion dollar ballpark that's being thrown around, forget about that. It's going to be something like a billion five, if not more. Um, because you also consider the fact that now you have West Coast product to offer that you didn't before. You could see four Big Ten games on major broadcast TV every single week. The exposure, the value that that brings, the size of the audience. Um, and I consider that also by taking their two biggest brands, arguably, just absolutely kicking the Pac-12 network square in the balls for their upcoming negotiations because Pac-12 is next. Uh, well, what, yeah. what I the saw recently last still night still exists. Last Technically, night, yeah. apparently, <laughs> while the Big Ten network had wall-to-wall coverage of conference expansion, the Pac-12 network was showing replays of uh, volleyball from this past season. That should not, tell you all if, you need to know. That is perfectly emblematic of what happens. And again, it's it's again it, the, the extent to I don't know how much of this stuff Delaney foresaw, but every move that he made. Set, up, set the Big Ten up to be nimble and to move much more quickly than most Big Ten West coaches would be comfortable. The um, ACC is best positioned to survive <laughs> of the three stragglers, but they need to act. Um, they need to act fast because they can't really stand pat anymore uh, because it's, it's, it's just about, it's an arms race now. Um, well, yeah, so I'm not sure about that. I guess what we'll see is, it's going to be an interesting question as to whether there is anything conferences can do to protect themselves. Because you'll remember after we went and grabbed Maryland, the ACC forced all of its schools to hand over their first tier media rights through 2036. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> By which point think, the yeah. ACC may no longer exist. Why would it no longer exist though? It's still got the brands that it does. If that dissuades other mm-hmm. conferences from picking them off, they're still going to exist. Like they still have their deal with ESPN. Yeah. But there was there were hard values attached to to those media rights, if I'm not mistaken. And the yeah. point is, we we would be approaching a point where potentially joining the SEC or Big Ten would uh, the the revenue from that would outstrip the penalties you have to pay for the ACC for the life of that deal. But that's if either of those leagues want any ACC schools when they can't broadcast their games. I kind of doubt that that happens. Um, Again, it, it's, it remains to be seen because, as you mentioned, there is a buyout cost for anything. If the SEC is, yeah. or the Big Ten opts to be like, you know what, screw it, we're buying you anyway, then you will really know. There is nothing that these other conferences can do to survive. And the only question is, are the Big Ten and SEC content to share with a couple other conferences or do they want the whole thing? And I think we know the answer to that. Yeah, so, because the other thing is we've seen in the, in the past the biggest conferences – dictate the terms of the national championship basically as far as who can qualify for the bcs and you know and and all, all of that stuff where you have automatically qualifying where they basically set up a, a two-tiered system so now the question is the next time something like that happens how many conferences are that top tier anymore and the pac-12 certainly won't be there if oregon and washington leave uh Meanwhile, like Andrew said, networks like CBS will be jockeying for broadcast rights around maybe the lesser conferences, right, which will then see those conferences continue to shuffle teams. And 
it's funny. This is all going to start looking like what Andrew and I have experienced with lower tier soccer in the USA with our team going through countless rivals over the last three years as we went through various leagues, one of which is in the process of blowing itself up. And another interesting thing is Apple picked up MLS for a quarter of a billion, but MLS is still trying to negotiate with ESPN. Meanwhile, ESPN is airing USL games and it's yet another thing where like, how, how big are the balls on the various stakeholders in these, you know, where you, you know, does ESPN then gamble and be like, Oh, okay, well, fuck off established thing MLS. We're going to, we're going to take a chance on this other thing. Basically one of the most prophetic statements made by Delaney was, uh, when he was said what a big roll of the dice it was going to be to launch his own network. Consider them rolled. Rolled they are. I, for one, cannot wait uh, for them to bring Vern Lundquist out of retirement to call Tuesday Night Matching on CBS. It's going to be splendid. (laughs) Uh, So we're we're trying to keep this short. As always, there's a lot of stuff that's undetermined. So we'll kind of, we'll go around the horn one more time with concluding thoughts on this whole situation. Um, MN Wildcat, as you swerve to avoid a tanker full of curds um, on I-94, your last thoughts. It happened. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Washingtons and Oregons eventually are, are pitched and offered. Um, I think that's really when it, you know, it, it dies kind of that, that final death for me. Um, at this point, I'm just kind of sitting here and hoping that effectively we keep divisions for a couple years longer so I can still see Northwestern playing, you know, Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa every couple years. Um, but braced for like a pod of Illinois, Northwestern, USC, and UCLA where, you know, <laughs> great. Okay, like we'll play for the hat and then we'll fly to the fucking Rose Bowl and watch them play at like – you know, 9 p.m. or something. The and, land of Lincoln. Ha ha. Yeah, um, it, exactly. The land we're also of not addressing. Games. We're also not addressing UCLA kicking off at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time in Champaign. Yeah, for most of their road games, oh, really. Like, oh, well, welcome, we, to, <laughs> welcome to... In November. Trojans. Yeah, oh, man. <sighs> Boy. That's my um, final thought. I just, I, at this point, it's... I don't want to... Like, and I feel... Because I think, Ellie, you made some great points earlier, and I don't want to be like just a complete Debbie Downer about this because at this point, we, I mean, this is what we knew that college football was about. Uh, yeah. At the same time, it, it's trying to pick out the positives in it for me is like, okay, well, you know, we'll get a little more money, and, you know, maybe that means women's fencing can fly, you know, can fly a private jet instead of flying coach to, you know, to USC or something like that. Like, cool. That's. I don't know. I, I'm going to go get some cheese curds and just drink this all day. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you go. After all, you do have a couple new writers to recruit. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move around the horn. Love Buff you Komo- all. Bye. Bye. Buff Komodo, your closing thoughts. Yeah, I mean, before I go into my closing, I'm just curious, what's the flight differential between Lincoln and Piscataway uh, or Maybe even Maryland. Maybe the maybe the travel is not that big a difference. You would probably but, uh, you would probably fly into Newark for Piscataway. What I, what I saw is that it, it 
is the, the difference from Lincoln to Piscataway is not as big as the as the difference from Lincoln to LA. Hmm. Yeah, we have, more, we have we have more than doubled the width of the conference uh, overnight. Uh, nice. <laughs> so then, yeah, my final thoughts then are: I'm just so excited that we're going to get like a 16 team conference that's going to go into a 20 game or a 20 team conference that's probably going to move to like a 24 to 30 team conference. So at that point, it'll be really nice to see them divide out those 30 teams into like two or three divisions. And then they can play games within themselves and have champions from that. And then, you know, maybe with go to the national championship and then, yeah, maybe with other teams that are physically close to you and you can develop natural opponents. Yeah. And with teams that are right in proximity, and it'll, you know, we can maybe call it a, it'll be like a conference within a conference, is what it'll end up resembling. (laughs) Yeah. Every, everything spreads apart and then it comes back together. The universe does it. College football is going to do it. You just got to wait long enough. We might be dead, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Honestly, if anything, I wish Delaney had made the the had made the rights periods shorter so we can just speed run back to conferences making sense because it, it all started to fall apart. Uh, you know, after the NCAA kind of lost their monopoly on the broadcast rights, and then it started the slow motion TV broadcast rights arms race. That's really, really, really like like everything pedal to the metal right now it's just they they just lost me the second they started talking about you know you were going to six to whenever they were talking about iowa state and kansas coming in they're like oh we could do all these pods and it's like well if yeah. the conference gets much bigger you're just gonna have full-on conferences within your conference it's a sub-conference and of course like, the problem I, the problem the problem there is Iowa State and Kansas don't bring anything to the table. And don't tell me about Kansas basketball. I think, Steve, you mentioned this on an episode not too long ago. From a valuation perspective, Illinois football is worth more than Kansas basketball. So Northwestern football is worth, like, an order of magnitude more than Kansas basketball. And that's why, like, if we're talking about teams that might end up being left out, basketball schools are at the top of that list don't pretend that duke basketball or kansas basketball is valuable enough to save those schools they aren't and and one of the reasons is because like because the ncaa tournament is more valuable than the entire regular season it's a separate entity yeah yeah and the conference realignment has no impact on that tournament whatsoever duke basketball is still going to be a one seed more often than not but that doesn't mean that their football broadcast rights are worth a damn thing. So we'll carry on with our final trip around the horn. Ellie, your final thoughts. If I don't hear the word pods ever again, I will (laughs) die a happy man. We had protected rivalries before this shit show. We will have protected rivalries after. Don't eat pods. They kill you. Um, That aside... (laughs) I, as I said at the beginning, I am actually happy because instead of fearing what will happen, we just get it out of the way. Get to 20 teams, get it done, four big conferences of 20 teams each, nine teams go fuck themselves. And we have, we don't even have to expand the playoff at that point. Just keep it at four. The champions of each four, they make it in. But we know that's not going to happen. But um I will close with this. I am so surprised to see the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 just sit there waiting for the Big 10 and SEC to come cannibalize them. 
I thought they'd be doing something more. Well, I'm a little surprised that none of the other major conferences made any moves after Texas and Oklahoma. Well, the Big 12 kind of did. Um, they did what? Yeah, sure. They did. Maybe that's maybe that's the, really the reason here is the move the Big 12 made is the only move they could make, which is to settle for what's left. Yeah, they added Cincinnati and Houston and UCF and uh, who else did they add? BYU. BYU. Yes. Right. Which are uh, not, so like, I mean, this this feels like the natural response, though. I mean, just because it wasn't immediate doesn't mean that it's not the next step. But yeah. what, what does the Pac-12 do if they lose Oregon and Washington? What even can they do? Uh, they're they not. Become, yeah, they are they're not going to agree to Boise State. They do not want Boise State. I, yeah. I'm, I'm they're going to merge with the Big Twelve. That's Who what would? Who wants to go to Boise? Well, I mean, it's it's also an academic thing. They they do not yeah. want Boise State. Uh, they they probably don't want San Diego State. Um, we we basically Oregon and Washington would decisively kill the Pac, the Pac-12 if the Big Ten struck there. Also, I I'm I'm with Ellie in that I believe that pods are for casting. But has there been a bigger chaos agent in football over the last couple of years than Lincoln Riley, who? Who, who, who suddenly just went from like, hey, I will succeed Bob Stoops at Oklahoma and did a good job of that for a few years. Then uh, he spent an entire year engineering, uh, engineering a, a, a coup of his own program to USC as Oklahoma moved to the SEC. And then USC, before he could coach a game in the Pac-12, immediately jumped to the Big Ten. So now if so now you, you would have Lincoln Riley usc coach uh potentially play as a big 10 head coach sec champion oklahoma in a bowl game what the fuck is going on (laughs) um uh, lincoln riley is by the way a motherfucker and i can think of nothing funnier than for him to go on the road against like either nebraska illinois or northwestern anywhere that can claim the word lincoln and fucking lose um which Considering how close he's come to losing to Kansas is not out of the question. Um, and then all of the headlines would be about something about, oh, my God, the real la- oh land of Lincoln, LMAO. If it is to Illinois, can it please be in 10 overtimes? Please. For the love of God. <laughs> Cleanse our shame. <laughs> So yeah, again, it's a lot to digest. There's a lot that's still moving, obviously, but we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. And if there are further developments that merit further comment, we'll certainly let you do that. Uh, Very fitting that we have this story drop as we're heading into America week. Nothing more America than consolidation and huge money being thrown around in the interest of destroying something that people used to cherish. Uh, But anyway, we thank all of our contributors for joining us for this emergency podcast. We thank you all for listening. And this has been Off Tackle Empire. To paraphrase Reverend Wright, oh, but conferences change. But the ball game, she changes not. Yo, yo.
source for Big Ten Talk. It's Off Tackle Empire!